Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode, we get you prepared for the big wildcard matchup against the Miami Dolphins at Arrowhead Stadium. I sat down with Dolphins Wire contributor Jason Sarney as he gave me the breakdown of the Dolphins heading into Saturday night. Also, I sat down with former NFL executive Mike Tannenbaum as he shared his thoughts on what the Chiefs should do this offseason. But first, as always, we start off with press conference sound from this week, featuring comments from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, look for the challenge of playing the Dolphins. Uh, good football team, obviously. They're in the playoffs and... Uh, they're fully loaded on both sides of the ball and special teams. Uh, Mike has obviously done a, a nice job with that with that group. Um, they're one of the top teams of the league on the offensive side and defensive side. Vic Fangio has really done a nice job with that group. So, and special teams, uh, Danny's done a good job with the special teams. A lot of speed and ability there. So. Um, we've got to have a good week of practice. That time's yours. With, uh, with Longy, protection <clears throat> protocol in a short week, Donovan um, Smith has practiced a couple of times last few weeks. How do you feel as far as his progress and maybe being able to go this week? Yeah, he's doing good. So I, I think uh, without any setbacks, he he should be fine for the game. Yeah. Andy, even for you after all these postseasons, does something feel different once you turn the calendar to this week? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a different it's a different tempo uh, to the game, and so uh, it's single elimination, which uh, creates an urgency even above and beyond uh, what you have during the season. So, um, yeah, no, you're very aware of that. And that, that urgency with this team, which has obviously had its ups and downs, but you know, made to the seed. Um, anything in particular you, you think you need to see this week to feel feel good about their consistency going in? Yeah, I think uh, they just we just work hard, and that's all. We'll be fine. You know, we just got to take care of that, take care of our business, what we can control, and um, and starts with working hard. From the game in Germany, can you gain much from the video of that game for this one? Yeah, I think both teams probably would say yes to that. Uh, there's a we're familiar with one another and. Uh, as far as the personnel goes, I'm sure there'll be changes on both sides, uh, uh, a few of them. But the base, you kind of know our base. They know our base, and we know their base, and we go from there. I can say that before last game, you didn't know what McCole brings to the table, but did that give you some encouragement that maybe you could play a little bit bigger of a role in the, in the postseason? Yeah, it was good to see him uh, kind of get back in the swing of things and have a few consistent snaps in there. Uh, so I... Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll work him in uh, for sure, but that, that didn't hurt him at all. Yeah. I think he played every snap, uh, offensive snap, uh, the other day. Did you feel like he needed the work? or? Uh... I think I, I felt that way, and I think he felt that way. And he, he wanted to be in there. We had a rotation set, but he wanted to keep going. And, 
and back, have some back-to-back-to-back plays there that you can get into the swing with and into a rhythm with. With uh, Canary's morning last week, he started the week at practice, and then he, you guys backed off of him. Uh, was there a setback, or just wasn't quite ready? Or yeah, he just his uh, foot and ankle, or his uh, hip and ankle were bothering him. So he's feeling a little bit better this week, so we'll see where we go. Andy, with the weather right now and on into the game, how do you balance making sure you can maximize what you can do in practice with acclimating in terms of whether you go outside or all those things this week? Um, yeah, so we probably won't go out today, um, but there's a good chance we're out, out tomorrow. If we go out, we'll go out. But right now we got a little bit of snow out there. And there's, value, there's a value to being in the elements as 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 much as you don't do all you need to do that side. Yeah, I think I like being on the grass as opposed to the artificial surface um, more than anything. Andy, with, um, with you preparing for a postseason game, how much of this week on field preparation is about, as you said earlier, the basis of what you guys do on offense versus new wrinkles, new concepts, things you might want to show that obviously you haven't necessarily shown all year. Yeah, you've got to make it workable is what you have to do. So that's a, that's a balance you have to have and the most important balance. So not that you can't do new things. You just keep an eye on where you go with that. Yeah, have, 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 <clears throat> the course of your career as a head coach, how much have you sort of, how hard is it to find that balance for mm-hmm. a group that is different every year? Yeah, sure. Um, but you go through it every year. I mean, you go through exactly where that fit is. Um, you obviously want to find where that tapping point is. And uh, so you, you do that and see what the guys can handle and can't handle. That happens every year, Nate. Just one more. Obviously, if you make a call that is rather unique or creative, obviously gives the guys a lot of juice, whether psychologically or obviously from an emotional standpoint. What's it like for you as a coach when – you're putting something into the game plan that you know may have a positive impact on, on the outcome of the season. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good – normally you kind of take yourself out of it and make sure that it works for everybody. And um, But that's – the fun part is trying to find those things that, that work and uh, making sure that your guys can, can execute them. So – uh, that they're actually workable on the field. So you, that's, and then you practice it and see, see if it's that. And if it's not, it goes in the trash can. <laughs> can you uh, quantify the benefits for Pat not having to play last week, kind of getting a week off? Was that a big benefit to him, you feel like? Yeah, I, I, yes, just from a physical standpoint. Just, uh, um, you, you get, you're not getting, the hits and running and all that, you know, the physical part. So um, I, I, don't, I think that was a that's a positive. Uh, and then he was able to look at some of the teams that we would have a chance to play. And uh, so he did that. Yeah. What about the, uh, the mental side of it? I mean, he didn't have to grind through the week and, and, and go through all that like he normally would. Is yeah, that- he, was, well, he was grinding in his own way. Um, he loves that part, so I'm, I'm, I'm just how you balance that. But I mean, he he loves to get in there and look at it, study it, and and go. And he's competitive, so he would love to play. I mean, he'd play anywhere, anytime. Uh, but I think just the physical part of it, just uh, being able to 
take a week there and condition, do your do your work there that you normally do, but not have to go through the game. You know, it's a good thing. Hello. You ready for the playoffs in sub-zero temperatures? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, what what could be better, man? Playing playoff football January at Arrowhead Stadium. Um, it's going to be cold. kind of is what it is. I'd rather be playing a football game than chasing my kids around the backyard. So I'll have a little bit of the adrenaline rush, and uh, I'm excited for it. As a Texas native, just how have you adapted to the Midwest's like, cold weather over the years? Um, practicing with Coach Reed, you kind of have to. I mean, if there's an opportunity to go outside – um, he's going to have you outside. Um, he'll have the doors open in the indoor. He's going to let the cold air in. And uh, I've realized that practice in the cold is a lot harder than playing in the cold just with the heaters and stuff that you have on the sideline. And so uh, you kind of just adapt to it. Um, but like you said, I grew up in Texas and didn't get any games like this. And I, I honestly kind of appreciate it. It's kind of cool to be at a stadium like this and the cold weather. And you know you're really playing football. Do you feel like there were benefits to not for you to not play in L.A. last week? Um, yeah, I mean, you just get healthy. I mean, I think that's that's the, the biggest thing. I mean, everybody's a little banged up here at the end of the season. And uh, to get guys rested and, and preparing their bodies. And then I thought it was an energy boost just to get to watch these other guys that work uh, day in and day out and don't get those opportunities. They got to get those opportunities, and they found a way to win a football game. And so uh, definitely it was exciting for me. Did you need a, uh, a physical break? I mean, did you feel like your ankle or whatever else might be bothering you? You know, I'm just getting, I'm getting old, man. I need, I need, I need a break every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, no. So uh, hopefully, I, I, over in future seasons, I'm gonna try to get that get that by. But uh, this year, we didn't get the opportunity to get it. But uh, we had the, the whatever you want to call it, the rest, um, and we were able to watch some other guys go out there and succeed. But you've been in this spot before. I mean, getting ready to start the playoffs as the division champ, obviously. Um, but how you got there is a little different. I mean, does it feel any different at this point now? Is starting the playoffs? No, I mean, not really. I mean, we've. We played wildcard weekend a couple years ago um, against the Steelers, um, and uh, we were able to win that game. Um, but uh, you just got to be prepared to go. I mean, now it's everybody's records. Uh, there's no record. Everybody's going out there to play and to win games, and everybody believes they can win the Super Bowl. Um, so this is when the best football is played, and it's it's all the mistakes are magnified, but all the successes are magnified. And so you just go out there with the mentality, I'm taking one play at a time. Um, put my best effort forward and see what happens. Patrick, uh, Andy said that you spent a lot of time grinding on the other team. Mm-hmm. Can you just kind of take us through what your week of prep was like? You had five possible teams you were looking at, and, and maybe when you got home, what time did you guys get home, and were you, how quick did you start working on Miami? Yeah, no, I watched I watched a couple games from each team that we had the, opp- that we had the chance of playing um, and just kind of got a head start in that sense. Um, once we knew who we were playing, I mean, we didn't really know until basically we landed. Um, I got a good night's, good night's rest, had a long day yesterday watching a ton of film on Miami um, and getting the game plan kind of down. Um, but uh, now it's, you're kind of back to your regular week schedule, and um, you, try, you try to go over all the finer details and the small points, but at the end of the day, you got to go out there and play. And so uh, coaches will get us prepared, and we'll go out there and play our best football. You guys were all watching the game on the plane. Was that an interesting You know, the, the Wi-Fi wasn't, wasn't really working, so we, we were kind of catching like the – I could see, like, the highlights of the game, but you couldn't keep it, the live stream kind of going. So uh, we got to work on that. But uh, <laughs> we, uh, we we definitely kept up with it. We just didn't necessarily watch it live like that. So what do you see differently now from that game in Germany now with Miami? And you think you could improve upon from that game? And what did this supposed to do? Yeah, I think we just have to have better execution throughout the entire game. I think we had a good first half, but in the second half we uh, we sputtered a little bit. We missed a couple deep deep shots here and there. Um, but they're a good defense, and they have a great defensive coordinator and Coach Fangio, who I know really well, and he's he's done a great job of, of having different schemes every time I play against them. And so um, they got a lot of guys that play extremely hard. 
Um, it'll be a great challenge for us uh, as a full team. That's a great football team, and uh, I mean that's what you get in the playoffs. Every team's a, a great football team. You, whoever plays the best that day wins. What does it take to be a true game guy, as you uh, once said? You know, what, 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 what goes into you being able to embrace that, and how do you deal with it? Um, I think you just go out there and play, man. I think that's, at, at the end of the day, you go out there and play. If you win, you can call yourself a snow game guy. So I'm about to continue to find ways to win these games. I, I lost the last one in Denver, so I have to find a way to win this one. But you, preparation, <coughs> but you won your first one in, in the playoffs, right, against Indianapolis. Yes. What, do you, what do you remember about preparing for the snow and that snow game? Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was very windy that day. Uh, I remember that from the beginning of the game. You could see the wind and everything like that. But like I said, the adrenaline rush kind of gives you that 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 warmness that you're seeking and you have heaters on the sideline it's uh people i mean people make it a big deal but at the end of the day you just go out there and play football and if you love it you'll you'll be able to go out there and and play your best football at the best time of the year to play it fine patrick speaking of the adrenaline rush that something comes with the postseason with that mm-hmm. too and, and certainly your record reflects that what 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 kicks in is there any way to describe it new urgency or new energy that you're able to put out now? I think it's just everything you've worked for all season long is, is on the line. I mean, that that's basically it. I mean, everybody's in the same position, but uh, when you put in the time and effort every single day and you spend time away from your family, it's for these moments. Um, and, I, and it excites me uh, to have that pressure on you and to be able to go out there and try to perform at the highest level. Um, and uh, this is what you watch growing up. Even me, who I wasn't necessarily the biggest football fan growing up, you watch those these playoff games, and you know you get to go out there and have the opportunity to play in them, and you never know when you're going to get another one. So uh, I'm excited for it. Was there anything specific about the Bengals game that, that you felt like, okay, we've got this reset a little bit that you can take into, into the postseason? Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's still a really good defense. Um Cincy, they got great pass rushers, great linebackers, great secondary. And so I thought we did a great job moving the football. Uh, obviously, we got to continue to get better in the red zone. Um, but, uh, I mean, you watched the tape, and we did a good job. Guys were executing at a high level. We missed a couple deep shots. We hit a couple deep shots. And we're going to have to hit those in order to win this game this weekend. So I'm excited for it. Have you heard from Tyreek? I have not heard from Tyreek this week. I don't know if we'll be talking this week. But I, I talk to him every once in a while. I'm a uh, I know he's excited. He'll be excited to come to Arrowhead. Um, but uh, this week, we'll, I, won't, I won't talk to him as much, I'll say. We'll go last three. We'll go Pete, McKenzie, and Nate. Go ahead. Neil kind of stole my thunder a little bit. But just considering how outspoken he's been, I guess, has your relationship changed at all? Or do you feel like, you know, just like a player in another team that you might have a friendship with, it's the same? Yeah, I mean, we're competitors. I mean, I think that's the end of the day. You see me with guys like Max Crosby. You see me. Um, I have that fire, that competitive fire when you're on the football field, and he's, he's the same way. That's what makes him so great. Um, but, uh, I mean, you're still friends in the offseason and everything like that, but when you play on the field, I mean, you're trying to compete to win. That's just kind of how it is, and um, I'm excited for the opportunity for our defense. I'm excited for the opportunity for our team to go up against a great football team. Hey, Mike. Thanks for taking the time. It's Eddie St. Jr. from Chiefs Wire. Just curious for your thoughts considering the, the, the situation that they've, the Chiefs have had on offense with uh, wide receivers dropping passes. Will this affect the way they look at the market in terms of free agency and the way they try to retain Chris Jones moving forward? Yeah, and I, I've been on the record on this many times. I, I think their wide receivers are a work in progress, you know, from Sky Moore a year ago or she Rice. Picking up to Darius Tony, but to me, the, their big issue is offensive tackle. Going to last week, they led the league with penalties, and right now they're just not playing great. You know, between Donovan Smith and uh, Jawan Taylor, and to me, that that's the bigger concern. And when they have to go on the road uh, for playoff games, I, I think that's going to be exacerbated. Um, 
So I think Brent Veach has done an amazing job, and they lost the Super Bowl against Tampa and Tampa, and his answer was to fix the offensive line. I think that's number one, and then adding a receiver will be 1A, and I'm sure they'll figure out a way to keep Chris Jones. I think he's too valuable. Um, it may cost him some other veterans, but I don't think it would be Chris Jones. Just want to get your thoughts, obviously, with your experience with um, handling different drafts for uh, different teams. Is there a, a specific science that goes into some of these guys? Just an example, like Isaiah Pacheco, a seventh-round pick, and he makes such an impact as a starting running back for the Chiefs, and you got a guy like Brock Purdy and what he's done with the 49ers. Is there just uh, like a specific thing you guys look for when you see these late-round picks? Yep. You know, uh, I'll tell you guys a quick story. So, so one of the people that had an impact on my career was a gentleman named Charlie Casserly. He was a GM for a long time. And he said that, you know, they did like a 10-year study on like draft picks that hit and missed. And it was very interesting. He's like, if we just went with our grades, literally that were like from this time of year, like you watch the games, period, end of story, everyone's going to get some right, people get them right and wrong, but they're more accurate when you don't have the senior bowl, the combine, the interviews, and all the other things that we put a lot of time, effort, and money in. And it's kind of interesting because when you look at Brock Purdy, you know, four-year starter at Iowa State, he was a good player, um, but it's not going to test well, obviously. You know, Pacheco a little bit different under the radar um, at Rutgers. Um, but when you put on the film, they're really playing the same way they played in college. And when you see, you know, Coach Marcel's always had an expression like, in the late round, like, you want to draft an attribute. And that attribute can be production. Um, and certainly, like in Purdy's case, like you're, you're drafting experience. So um, not all late round picks are going to work out, as we well know. But like that, to me, like Purdy's a really good example of like the Casserly lesson of like if you just go by the film and ignore everything else. And again, that's where I give the Rams a lot of credit. Um, that that sort of like paid off handsomely for the 49ers. Dolphins offense is led by NFL passing leader Tua Tonga-Vailoa throwing to NFL receiving yardage leader Tyreek Hill. In all hopefulness, they will have Jalen Waddle back and ready to roll against the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. But with the weather shaping up the way it's supposed to be, freezing cold, sub-zero temperatures, wind, this is going to be all about the running attack for the Miami Dolphins. They've averaged it as a team over five yards per rush, and that's a testament to veteran Raheem Mostert, who broke the Miami Dolphins' single-season overall touchdown record, as well as rookie Devon Achan. Both runners will be absolutely integral for the Dolphins' potential success or maybe even sneaking out of Arrowhead with a playoff victory. From a receiver's standpoint, although the weather is going to not be very pass-friendly, Looking in the short term and parts of the field, look for Durham Smythe, Braxton Berrios, and River Craycraft to hopefully step up and complement Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. Cedric Wilson Jr. is also a guy who has done very well this year when his number has been called for the majority of the times he's gotten his targets. The theme of the Dolphins' defense this year, unfortunately, has been a lot of injury. Their top three pass rushers are all going to be out, 
Andrew Van Ginkle hurt his foot against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday night football. He will be out for the wild card round against the Chiefs for sure. Of course, Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips have been ruled out for the season in previous weeks with their own season-ending injuries. From a linebacker standpoint, Jerome Baker will also be out as he had wrist surgery following an injury on that Sunday night Bills game as well. David Long Jr. will be an absolutely important player to neutralize both Pat Mahomes as well as Travis Kelsey. The middle of that field in the second tier of the Dolphins defense will be David Long and someone needs to step up with a ravage of injuries in the linebacking core, including Cameron Good, who when he replaced Andrew Van Ginkle, got hurt as well. So someone will need to answer the call in the linebacker unit for the Miami Dolphins. As far as the secondary, Xavier Howard is pretty doubtful going into this game, and you're looking at Jalen Ramsey as the glue of this secondary. Deshaun Elliott and Javon Holland both played banged up against the Bills admirably, and they will hopefully be close to full health and full go against the Kansas City Chiefs. From a defensive line standpoint, that is the strength of this team right now. Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer, perhaps the best defensive tackle duo in the entire NFL. Zach Sealer became the first Miami Dolphin defensive tackle in history to have 10 sacks in a season. He finished with exactly 10. Christian Wilkins right behind him with nine. Those, of course, the top two defensive tackle sack-producing seasons for the Miami Dolphins in their illustrious franchise history. With the weather being as inclement as it's looking to be, this is probably not going to be a huge scoring affair, and the defense for the Miami Dolphins, will need to come up with a perfect scheme to neutralize both Mahomes and Kelsey. Those are the weak areas of this Dolphins defense. Mobile quarterbacks who could improvise, throwing to top-tier tight ends. It's been their really toughest areas of defense all season. So if the Dolphins could scheme to neutralize those two, even against the elements, Hopefully their offense will have enough firepower in the cold to come up with a potential sneak-away victory. I want to take the time to thank everybody for tuning in to today's episode. Please follow us on X at The Chiefs Wire for your latest updates on news and everything going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Until next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.